Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. So glad you guys are here because it's showtime. We got another great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is comedian, podcaster, writer, director, producer, and car guy. It's my pal, Chris Titus. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our super fan shout out is for Butch. Say hi to Butch, everybody. Hey, Butch. Hey, Butch. How you doing, buddy? Butch, Phil would like to say hello, but he's in the belly of his ship wiping his nose. He's got a cold. <laughs> what? Yeah. He's, he's on his neck, his new cruise ship, and they put him in, the, in, the, in, this, in this ship, and he's got a cold. He goes, it's not COVID. I took the test. It's not COVID, but I got a cold. I don't know what it is. I said, ah, you're prob- it's probably typhoid. You'll be all right. I, and I heard that conversation. He's upset it's not COVID. Well, no, he's not, not upset. About- he's confused it's not COVID. He goes, how could I be sick and it not being COVID? I said, what do you think? The, the other viruses went away? <laughs> There's a new sheriff in town. Everybody get out of here. sheriff in town, and it's COVID. (laughs) Take your strep throat and tell your story walking. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, it was funny because Alex is looking at me. I go, I don't know what to tell him. So... Anyway, uh, but I thank you guys for being for the show. And here at the Adam for our podcast, we like the free exchange of ideas. You can pretty much say whatever you want here. But I want to talk to you this week about the importance of keeping your damn mouth shut. And here's why. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was shooting this thing. Uh, I, I need, and the car I had that I was going to use for the shoot fell out at the last minute. So I had to scramble. So I made a couple of phone calls. And it turns out, guy did me a favor. Uh, he's a car dealer. And mm-hmm. I went down, I got a car I needed, and I shot this this thing, and it was he was great. He really did me a favor. So I returned the car myself, personally. I drove it down to thank the guy. 
shook his hand. We took a couple of pictures. I said, you really helped me out, my friend. If there's anything I can do, you just let me know. I was being nice. I didn't know <laughs> he was going to cash in right there. <laughs> he was like, now that you mentioned it, I was like, this guy's going to put the arm on me. He's That's asking for money. for money. That's the first uh -huh. thing that went to my head. That's what I thought. He goes, my brother's a dentist and he wants to do stand-up. <laughs> You see where this is going. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Can you say hello? I figured, okay, he's going to put me on a phone call with him. I go, yeah, I'd love to say hello. He goes, you know, he's doing a set tonight. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is a his brother. So he's a grown man. I'm talking to a grown man. It's not like it's a kid. He goes, could you go down there? I said, ah, I really. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I said, ah. And I could see he knows I was full of shit. I could. <laughs> Right, I saw that. his yeah. eyes. He's, he's, <laughs> I was like, you, you know, you know when the bluff is going to go bad. That's yeah. <laughs> yes, I hesitated. I hesitated. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's what it was, and yeah. I could see it. I'm like, oh damn, it's right down the block. I'll go with you. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So I said, I so I, I, I said, you know, real quick, if I can go real, you know, I said, I said, real I, quick. I said let's go real quick. I said, we'll get a cup <laughs> of coffee. All right. So I walk into this this Buzz Coffee Shop. Right, I walk in there, and yeah. there he is. You know how I know he is? He's the only grown man with a bunch of kids. That's how I know who he is. Living his dream out. Yeah. Hello, Doug. All right. <laughs> Doug's a dentist. Doug goes up. Yeah. Does his act. Uh huh. I hope Doug's a very good dentist because. <laughs> I, oh, he, no. I'll put it this way. I think Doug made the right career choice. How's that? <laughs> okay. I can't do a root canal, all yes. right? Yeah. Stay in your We lane. all have our little gifts. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Well. So it was uh, awkward. It was very awkward. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he's like, well, what do, you, what do you think I should do? And I couldn't say, take a vow of silence. I couldn't say that. <laughs> no, no. So that, so that, that's why I think you should, if I would have just kept my mouth shut, I would have just taken a picture, shook the guy's hand, and I would have been out of there if I would have kept my mouth shut. But no. Listen, if there's anything I could ever do. <laughs> you and Vito, right? Me and my gindalunness got me in trouble. You needed to use the Will Rogers quote. I never met a man I didn't like. I'll be honest with you. I did. I don't like Doug. I don't like Doug. No. Another one. What? Never miss a good chance to shut up. Yeah, never miss a good chance oh. to shut up. Yeah, mm -hmm. I talk too much. You know, so yeah. so that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. And it's a good message for man and beast. Let me tell you this story, Stern. I'm working in the studio, and I hear the coyotes outside. Oh, you're telling the coyotes story? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just coyotes? Saying, coyotes, yeah. <laughs> moving next. Do they, do they have like an Acme rocket car? Do you, how do you know they're coyotes? Because <laughs> I hear them. You can hear them. Okay. You can hear them. Oh, they're the coyotes. And they, they come down far off. They're far off, but they come down from the hills for water because there's no water up in the hills. So they're coming down here and they're walking around. And oh, for other okay. things. All right. Yeah, and food and stuff. So I hear them outside and I'm like, uh-oh, because I know what's coming next. <laughs> My wife will not tolerate coyotes hunting in her neighborhood. No. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I'm not sitting here and I'm like, oh, boy, I know what's coming next. And sure enough, I hear it down the stairs. My wife comes down the stairs. She's barefoot I, in a nightgown. I was in bed. Yeah. I yeah. heard the coyotes, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. She's running past the studio with that look in her eyes. She's like, oh, no. And I'm like, ah, I feel bad for these animals. They don't know <laughs> what they're in for. <laughs> Not on my watch. Mm -hmm. I, I, I felt like a cave woman. I yeah. walked out. I slammed the door, front door open. Yeah. I walked past your car, mm -hmm. and I went, bam. Yeah. That's when I got up. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, someone's messing with my car. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I had to make a sound so I could distract him, kind of shake him up a bit. Uh-huh. And I did. Oh, I don't know this. I get out there. All I see is frightened coyotes whimpering up into the <laughs> yeah, hills. They, they left. Yeah, I mm-hmm. turn around and I go, did you hit the car? And my <laughs> wife turned around and she still had the look in her eye. And I went... I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> Just get, right. get out of there. I almost made there. the same sound as the coyotes as they were running away. <laughs> yeah, I I could have killed you. Yeah. <laughs> And I know this is just me because I, I make animals into humans. Mm. But in my mind's eye, Alex, the coyotes are out there smoking cigarettes and playing loud music. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, they got a hibachi and a boombox going. Actually, that's how I kind of felt. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was that cranky adult who goes outside. Yeah, a bunch of Corona. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Bunch of Corona bottles rolling in the street. <laughs> You smell weed in the air. Not on my block. <laughs> People sitting on cars. <laughs> That's how it starts. Yeah. That's how it starts. So if the coyotes would have kept their mouths shut, they could have hunted in peace and silence. They could have. Yeah. And if I would have kept my mouth shut, I wouldn't have to go see a dentist at a coffee shop doing stand-up. <laughs> and in my, uh, in, in my interview with Chris Titus, if he would have kept his mouth shut, maybe his sitcom Titus would still be on the air. This is, this is a, a great story. Uh, I want you guys to listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. How do you know if you're talking too much? Meaning, what kinds of things do you need to be aware of of the people who are receiving your message? You have to look for signs, and body language will tell you so many things. One, eyes. If someone is engaged with you, really, truly connected, they are going to give you the window to their soul, which is their eye contact. And I could see he knows I was full of shit. I I saw his eyes. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Hello, I have some stand-up dates and I would like to share them with you. June 24th and 25th, I will be at the Grand Comedy Club in Escondido, California. July 1st and 2nd, I will be at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. July 8th and 9th, I'm going home to Strong Island, baby. I will be at McGuire's Comedy Club in Bohemia. And July 10th, one show only at Soul Joel's in Royals Ford, Pennsylvania. 
and I want to thank all my friends at the Gilmore Car Museum in Hickory Corners, Michigan, because October 6th, I am doing a special show there. So please, all you car people, come down and see me. This is going to be a very good time, and I'm very excited to be there. Uh, there's a link for tickets in the show notes. You can also go to my website, click the link there. We got a link to t-shirts. We got a link to my special on YouTube, and I'd love to see you at any of these gigs. So please come up and say hello after the show, and let me shake your hand for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on, get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a comedian, actor, podcaster, and car guy. You know him from the TV show Titus, the movie Special Unit, which he executive produced, wrote, and starred in. His YouTube channel, Christopher Titus TV, has all of his multi-million viewed stand-up specials, as well as his wildly popular podcast, The Armageddon Update. He has had a near-death experience in a dentist chair. We are both fans <laughs> of Prince, and we still disagree about Ford calling the Maquis a Mustang. It's a crossover. You don't, you don't, you don't bastardize the Mustang dang name by putting it. Oh, let's put it on this thing that moms drive. That's not how that works. Sorry, I still have a problem. I would have been, I would have been fired from Ford at that meeting. I mean, we can't call it that. Ladies so, and gentlemen, sorry. boys and girls, the disgruntled Christopher Titus. <laughs> I had one. I had a '95 man with a 5.0. Right. I actually took up aluminum heads. Uh-huh. We did a Nokia supercharger on it. The car was so scary because the supercharger would kick in 150 horsepower at about mm, 3,500 RPM. Mm-hmm. So if you got on the freeway on ramp, uh, about as you got to the top of the on ramp. It would start hazing the tires, but you weren't paying. You, you know, you're you're just going great, and all of a sudden, all that horsepower would come in, and the car would yeah. get on the freeway like this. I sold it to a kid, to a father who uh, gave it to his uh, 16-year-old kid, uh, and I found out later that the uh, dad spun it on the 101. Mm. So, what year was his Mustang? It's a '95. Yeah, so '95 still had the straight axle. It still had the straight axle. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, you had a '56 Chevy. I remember. Yeah. I love that car when, when I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had I had two. I had a wagon. I had a wagon that shifted the paint on it, and then I had this one that was custom built, frame off, all Corvette suspension. Mm-hmm. And then I got divorced, and it's gone now. Oh yeah, that happens. That happens. <laughs> it's like getting a divorce is. I think they mentioned it in the Bible, except they call it locusts. It's just <laughs> yes, nothing's left. You know all that stuff that you loved? Yeah, no more. You can't. Gone. Have you know that person you thought you loved? No more. And taking everything with you. But, in the new show I'm doing, in the new show, Carrying Monsters, I'm doing a joke about that. I go, I go marriage, I, I go, marriage is amazing to me because it's two people who once loved each other more than any two people on earth, mm-hmm. and now they wish someone would shoot the other one into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, divorce is such a bizarre thing. But it's one of those things that, things that, a lot of things I admire about you, but one of the things I admire about you is your ability to adapt and your ability to not only take your experiences and your opinions and stuff, turn them into art but still maintain the level of craft i mean the fit and finish on your work is, is yeah i mean it's, it's guys like us we do it you're not just you're, you're storytelling but you're also you're you're, you're illustrating it too you're you're a comic you're, you're and you're a good comic yeah but it's weird because you and i came out of an era i was i was driving somewhere oh i, I have a cabin up in northern california i was driving i was just in the comedy central radio and uh, you came on mm-hmm. and you did this bit it was a, it was a bit about your wife and and it was 
what, what so many, I don't know, listen, man, I, I hate to be the old guy in my day. I hate <laughs> to be that way. But you have a way of doing what comedy is. The, mm. the LPMs are up and you're still getting the story across. What bothers me about comedy in some, in some cases, not a, not a lot, mm. is the lack of laughter between the angst. Like, no. like you can, you can you look, drive me through your nightmare. Please just drag me through your nightmare, but make me laugh every other sentence. Sure. You know, that, and you do that. You add a punchline to the end of it. That's what I do. I, every, I, when I write a story or something, I write the story out first and then I go back and I just insert punchlines and the punchlines don't have to match the story because the next line continues the story. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a craft. It's, it's, it, it's weird. Cause you go back to the greats, Will Rogers, uh, Twain, uh, Carlin was amazing. At mm-hmm. it, and, and I just love my job, I remember, you remember when the, Opa, the one man show thing got really big yeah. when we were younger? Yeah. And, and some guys did it well, and then some guys thought it was an excuse to not be funny. Yeah. Where I always thought it was the opposite. I thought you still have to be just as funny and bring the real story to it. So I made it, I watched a couple of them um, with, with our old manager, Bruce, mm-hmm. at, at a showcase, and I'm like, he, he's not he's not telling jokes. How come I'm scared and sad? I don't yeah. want to be scared and sad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the storytelling. It's it's storytelling in in our art form, um, right. and storytelling in film is different. And you do that well, uh, especially unit. I really I enjoyed it, and I knew you know the guys that were in it, and I knew how you made it. So when I went to the premiere, I was like, I really enjoyed this, and I was just proud that you got it done. I'll tell you this, man, about the movie. You know, we did that. I think we got, we ended up making that for two seventy five. Mm-hmm. I learned so much making special unit. Um, it's with indie rights right now, so you can see it. You can see it all over. Um, and again, I know what the problems are with it, but for two seventy five, people go, yeah, it was good. And then I go, it was two seventy five, and they go, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the point is, you did it. And my question to you is this: there was there's a certain amount of risk in betting on yourself, which I get, but no the learning curve is uh, is something that uh, I I'm, I'm very interested in because I know what I do is I look at the people I want to I put my ass where my heart wants to be. And I see the people that are there now and see what I can emulate. And I allow myself to make mistakes and fuck up. You know, you have a special unit. That was special unit. A hundred percent. Yeah. First movie that I made, wrote, directed. We got the crew together. My company did it. And and you it it is. It's but you so many people uh, have this thing where I can't fuck up. And I, I, you know, it's years ago. It's 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 basically a change on an Edison quote. I I never Mm. fail. I succeeded finding what doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, but the stand up special thing happened because I had done three and they had all been on Comedy Central and um, I get a call. They want to do Neverlution. Uh, and it was this company that uh, is, is horribly notorious for paying comedians nothing. Mm-hmm. And they said the budget's going to be $230,000. And I keep thinking to myself, how is that possible when it's just one dude on stage one night? We're not traveling. Yeah. You know, to, we're not shooting it in the Amazon. We're yeah. actually, it's here in L.A., or, or 30 miles away. Yeah, I don't remember it? any craft service. I, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I had to ask for water. Yeah. There was not even a table. So uh, I sat, So I get told, I get this call, and they said they want, they're gonna, it's going to cost you 30. We're going to pay you like 25, and the rest has to go to crew and stuff. And I, and I said, let me think about it. Mm. And I hung the phone, and, I, and this is when everything changed for me. Because I am a Prince fan, and Prince has done everything in his own forever. And I'm, I mean, I'm a monster, like, aficionado, historian. Like, mm. I love the guy. Uh, in fact, if you look, 
Look at that. That, that's, that's his mugshot. His arrest he, photo. It's supposed to be all tough. He stole a bullhorn uh, with on tour with Rick James, and, they, <laughs> <laughs> and he got arrested in like Tennessee. That's great. And, what about all the crack cocaine that Rick James is caught? Never mind. Get the guy who took yeah. my bullhorn. And Prince is like, put down the cocaine. He had a <laughs> so uh, so they call, so I called up a, a rental company and I said, hey guys, what would it, I need? Four cameras. I need crew guys. I need an editing truck. What would that cost me for the day? Mm-hmm. And the guy goes. 16 grand and i was like stop what yeah and, and, and so you get 10 crew guys you get 10 crew guys for 12 hours you get the truck this and this is like this is this is an 07 or right. and i said huh so then i figured out post costs which i oh, way overestimated and i called the company back and i said i can do it on my own for like 80 grand and here's where i knew i was i was on to something mm-hmm. the guy that i was talking to instantly goes sure we'll do it for that ha like you Wait, <laughs> it's like going to buy it, going to buy a Mercedes, and he goes, it's 105, and you go, I can, I can get the same car for 30. All right, we'll give it to you for 30. Yeah. Like, I don't want it now. I don't want you even touching this thing now. What, like, I think to do what you, what, if you want to do this, what you need to do is you have to accept that it could fail. Like, I accept that oh, yeah. at any moment, this could fail. And, uh, and then I keep switching it up. Like, so we had one, one special... You know, you fade. Bill Burr said it best. He goes, he goes. You know what, Titus? It doesn't matter how funny we are. Eventually, they're just not going to want us around anymore. And he was right. He's right. Eventually, yeah. You know, the, the new guys will come up. The thing I like about uh, doing it on your own and being willing to do stuff on your own is, you know, yeah, it's, it, it might fail. It might, but when it does work, there's a there's a certain kind of what I'm what I'm what I'm in now is like things are starting to show up. I need when I need them. Yes. You know, that's, that's living that dude. That means you're living right. When the world starts just going tick tock and now and now. Yeah, there you go. That's great. That's awesome. That's what and, and, and I was messing around because gratitude, a state of gratitude is always like I'm, I'm looking at it in, as stages, pal. It's like first you I, I know this isn't right, but first you would see some less fortunate than you. and You're like, well, I should be grateful. I'm not that poor son of a bitch. And then you're like, well, now someone has to be lower than me for me to feel better. That can't be right. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad yeah. Then you're grateful for shit that you get. But now it's transactional and you're looking ex- uh, out, outward to be to have a grateful feeling inward. So you're, you're dependent on the outside world and things coming to you. But the state of gratitude is just gratitude for what the world is and that the internal state. And I'm, I'm flickering in that in that place when this stuff is starting to come up by taking that, those risks and running into you at the club the other night. Arguing over the must uh, over the Mach-E. You're still wrong, but I enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoy fine car. Listen, it's a fine vehicle. Finish your story. I'll, then we'll, then we'll argue about this. Okay. Oh, we're getting back to it. Uh, but but that's that point. Uh, what I wanted to ask you specifically is: Have you experienced that? Not that you know that the thing you're working on is going to be successful, but that you're on the right track and there's a reinforcement of your intent. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's really weird. What what amplified it? Even I, I've I've had that since we did our first special. I did, mm-hmm. did voice in my head, and we took a whole. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I always thought, you know, you and I've been around show business stuff and know how and know how it works. That at least I know how it's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. And so I just got this thing that I said to my wife. I said, even if it fails, I did what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's like when you go to an audition. You ever go to audition? And you tank it, and you and you know you didn't work a work hard enough or hit the character like you wanted it, mm-hmm. and you're mad. And then you go in and you do exactly what you planned perfectly. You hit the beats, and you all you can do is go. Well, that's the best I can do. That if they say no, they say no. Yeah, you know, it, you know, maybe maybe it had to do with my haircut, which is yeah. possible. 
But you um, sleep better at night if you can be in that yes. space. You know, that's that's that that's one of the things I've I've noticed. Like, look, I did the best I could with what I had at the time. Yeah, and you you come out the other side with a owning it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, B, uh, I, I find instead of just showing up and having someone film it, that I work harder on the material now because I really want it to succeed. So yeah. that means I I spend probably a little more time making sure it's perfect. Um, it's your it's your product. You know, I started my own production company, and so we've done now seven comedy specials. Mm-hmm. Seven. Yeah, and uh, and we're you know we're looking to and we shot two episodes of Titus. If you guys want to go to uh, ChristopherTitus.com. We never got to finish the show because it got canceled because uh, I didn't shut up in a meeting. Um, <laughs> I know and, that and, story. It's great. Like, just be honest. Just be honest. I didn't shut up in a meeting. <laughs> I'm not even gonna own. I'm not even gonna say like, well, you know, there was a lot of political. No, <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> you and I are pretty practical. So uh, what yeah. happened? <laughs> you got to tell so, the story. Uh, so, I will. I will. Okay. So over COVID, we I wrote uh, an ep- a final episode finale, which we never had on the show. Mm-hmm. And we got Stacy Keach and we got Zach and we got we got the entire cast back, and we rebuilt sets in my studio. My I've, I've had twenty four foot high ceilings, real soundstage, mm-hmm. and we shot two episodes of Titus during COVID. They're on my website if you want to see them. And we wrapped it up. We wrapped up the show in a way that'll surprise. If you're a fan of the show, you'd be like, "Holy shit! I did not see that coming." So it it was. It was one of those things where COVID taught me that I, not only can I do it on myself, I, if I have the right team, I can do anything. And when you said about gratitude, mm-hmm. that's the one thing you really, really have to pay attention to is that uh, it's your team. It's not yeah. you. Yes, yes, you may be the spear, the head, but the spear's got to have a stick to go somewhere. You know? Sure. Your team and your wife, because I work with my wife as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I've learned... That one of the things I've learned is uh, she'll, she's going to make a she'll take something out that I'll fight for. And then I realize there'll be another show next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm not dying on this hill. And she's probably right. Yeah. yeah. Ray and I are together 16. We've been married. Uh, it'll be 10 next year. Mm. Um, and she's my best buddy. man. Yeah. She, she and it's weird because over because we, when I got together, I was so damaged from my ex that anything she said, I was like, no, like, I, I was like, I was <laughs> yeah. just like, ah! like, like she disagreed with me. And I'm not taking the shit anymore. Like, she's like, I'm new. I don't even know what's going on. So over the years though, uh, as I've grown and gotten better at understanding her, I started to hear th- through to what she means. And, mm-hmm. she's, and it's weird. Cause now we still argue, but most of the time she, if she has, a, if she has a suggestion, usually she's like, that's great. You're doing great. And then, and, and then I go, no, tell me what you really think. And then she's like, I don't have anything. You're, you're good. And then she'll go, hey, there's this one thing. And, and although I still get the crick in my neck, yeah. and I go, yes. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's usually right. You know, we're yeah. friends. We're, we're like literally best buddies. We're going to Scotland. She got her show. She's a comic, too. Mm-hmm. Her show got accepted into Fringe Fest in Scotland, too. Congrats. So about walking her mom through, being a caregiver and walking her mom through cancer mm. and, and not making it. It's 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 a... Uh, it's uh, it, it's so funny how comedy in America, as a Paris to Europe, is. We told the guys, well, it's about, it's kind of, it's funny, but it, there's, it's a dark story about her mom dying of pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. and how the journey. And they go, per-, they were like, it's great, perfect. That's exactly what the festival should be like. Good. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> Springsteen said that to me. I, the one time I got to talk to Springsteen, he told me he was on the road, and he said. He said, I just got back from Europe. I'd written him a letter when I met him at a concert, uh, Nils Lofgren. It's, it's, a, it's a bit in one of my shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he, said, he, he, he said, man, that Titus show, I'm not a big fan of sitcoms, but 
man, that show was art. And so it, Springsteen said that. And I was like, God, I wish my dad was here so I could stuff it up his ass. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, because you're, the thing of the whole show about your dad and what I read about you was your father, when he found out you wrote that show and everything, he, he, he gave you a post-it note that said, I didn't know you could write. That was yeah, it. Yeah, that was, that was the, the biggest compliment my father gave me, and I saved it. I have it in a book. It's a purple post-it note. Uh, and this is after, uh, I think this is after I got nominated for the, uh, the Writers Guild Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got nominated for Titus for writing it and uh, for writing an episode I, I did called The, the, the Pit. And just, uh, the pendulum, actually. And it sa- just said, it was simple. It just said, it said, uh, son, didn't even know you could write your own name, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I got to ask, because my dad is my hero, right? So something's either a warning or an example. And you um, just, you, uh, that's just, it, it, growing up, that's what uh, I, I, the conclusion I came up with. So I always wanted to be like my dad, and I always had to disconnect because he could fix cars. That's why I love cars. I can't fix it. I can't wrench, Chris. I can't, now, forget it, the carburetor's gone. I can't, you don't need a wrench, you need a laptop, you know? So I could never do that, so I always felt less than. My question to you is, the stuff you write about is so fearless and it comes from a place of not combating, but challenging. And how much of that did you get from your dad for? Oh man, it's weird. He, my dad was un- accidentally funny all the time. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of weird art, like this weird combination of like, like Archie Bunker and like J- and Dick Gregory. It was just mm-hmm. such a bizarre combination of what, what made him. Yeah. yeah. And so it was the same grumpiness, but like all of it, like the subject matter would switch and he would say stuff offhandedly that he was dead serious about that would put me on the floor. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny. I see everything absurd. I don't, I, I don't go into it fearless. I don't go, I'm talking about this. Mm-hmm. I go in like, like my mom, I got kidnapped. This new show has a story about me getting kidnapped. Uh, my dad kidnapped me from my great grandparents in Detroit when I was like five, uh, because my mom, yeah, my mom, uh, my dad's child support. I was living with her at the time, couldn't pay for uh, taking care of me mm-hmm. and her alcoholism. So uh, she changed her life and got rid of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so I'm living in Detroit. My dad had to kidnap me, and 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 I, it would be, I can't, it, it would be. I think the mistake a comic makes is to make anything. Um, precious or make it important yeah I, I kind of and you do this too you you're like you you kind of even the way you perform i was listening to you you're like huh is this is it like you like you're looking at it like it's as stupid as everybody else should see it mm-hmm. you're not saying this and that and this and that. Yeah. like you know my heroes are robin and carlin those are my two heroes yeah. uh and then carvey later on when i became a comic but and 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 carlin man you want to talk about fearlessness, dude? I mean, it's so funny because Carlin went so far at one point. Even people that agreed with him were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you 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 present that stuff. Uh, you you present it very very well. And again, and it's all done uh, in the craft. And you you do change topics. I mean, you take yeah, your yeah. life and and you put it in your, your life and opinion. You put it in a blender and you make art out of it. You know. And ah, very nice. Thank you, Springsteen. Good job. <laughs> but it's true. My, my question to you is this. Do you have a, a, uh, something you're more comfortable uh, talking about? And this is, what is more creatively rewarding for you, uh, a subject that you like talking about and brings you the most uh, 
um, reward when, when when you land a joke uh, about that so, uh, topic? I think a hard one. Like, there's a bit in this new show about my sister's suicide. My sister, uh, and, the, and the guy, it's weird because I, I wrote this show before COVID, and I mm-hmm. dumped it because I had to write about COVID, and uh, and then I'm gone, gone back to it. And there, and I didn't realize how how. And this is me saying it. I didn't realize how dark it really was until mm-hmm. I just did it at Flappers this weekend. And there was a couple minutes I'm like, man, this this, this show is relentless in its darkness. It goes yeah. all the way. And then there's a bit I do of my sister's suicide. I, I do a thing where I think I don't think anything's a tragedy if you can add a punchline. And then I tell the story of my sister's suicide later on in the show. And I go, I just sit down and I just go, some stories, I mean, some tragedies don't have a punchline. Mm-hmm. And I sit there for as long as I can let the audience survive. And I go... And then I thought of one. And then I did three punches. <laughs> and that, the first night I, I'll never forget the first night I did it, man. Cause I was like, I wrote it and I, in my, in my, my absurdity head, I thought that's, that's where you're supposed to go. You're supposed to try it. You're supposed to take that leap. Yeah. You know, jump out of the airplane. Mm-hmm. I remember the first night I did it and the three jokes that follow, the one joke makes them go, oh my God. The second joke makes him go, <laughs> and the third joke, they applaud. It's such a weird build. So yeah. that moments like that, where you've taken something, I have heard you do it in your stand up too, where you kind of go into a place where you're like, how's that funny? And then you make it funny. I, I it's uh, I don't think about it anymore. I don't try yeah. to do that. I just, that's just how I write. That's just how I write. And people go, hey, dude, how do you write? Like, I'm like, I just, just, that's just yeah. funny. But then again, you got to remember, I started a different love. You were raised with great parents and a good family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's an amazing family. I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you this. They did the best they could. They- <laughs> <laughs> so I was raised with a manic depressive schizophrenic mother who was arrested repeatedly in front of me as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first memory is my mom and dad screaming and her and my dad kicking a laundry basket across and hitting her and shirt flipping out. Um, they then then my mom uh, my dad and I didn't get along. We were fist fighting in the kitchen when I was a teenager. Mm. My mom shot and killed her third husband. I mean, there's there's this weird, um, like that I'm here at all is stunning. There's nothing <laughs> the, on paper. I should literally be talking to you from a prison, just putting my hand up on the guy. <laughs> but uh, but because of stand up, because of comedy, let me take it and everything that everyone else pays for therapy for. I got to go. Let me talk about it this way mm-hmm. and be. And it's weird. I'll never forget the first night I did the bit about my mom's mental illness, visiting her in um, in Napa State Mental Facility. And I was a little kid. And I wrote this bit about her. And uh, and it's funny because you were around. Like, I hadn't changed my act yet. You saw Happy Boy Titus where mm-hmm. I was lying every night. Hey, you guys, welcome to the show. You guys good? And if the life I just described, that was a guy trying to run from who he is. Right. And um, so anyway, so I... I I, I was raised with this psycho psycho background and so when I write that's just where that's just my level mm. like that's where I started you started with happy good parents I started down here so mm. I got to build from that right and so it's not it's not something I attempt to do it's not something I let's see how dark I can be on this show mm. you know, I, don't, I don't do that it's just how my brain works you know Leno Leno I met ran into Leno at flappers last night uh, the night and there's I've got so much advice through other people because mm. of Leno one of the things he said um, was write every day, write, write every day and write fast enough and hard enough where they can't steal it because, you know, and he said it's like working out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but then he was saying that uh, when you write, uh, you, you have to just get, uh, give yourself permission to not be funny is my thing. Give mm-hmm. yourself permission to not be funny first. Kids, if you're going to write, listen up, kids. Me and Adam are gonna come, <laughs> we're going to give you the comedy seminar right now. 
<laughs> you're, you're in a room by yourself. Just write the story. I call it the dragnet yeah. uh, version. Uh, just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. I lay the facts out, mm. and then I would go back and write a punchline for each fact. This is just how I write. But then again, you and I have done it long enough to where we have yeah. that. You know? But it's like, like anything the- else. It's like any other endeavor. you got to just start. Just start. I mean, the worst place to live is in your own head because I can. I got nine reasons why this isn't going to work. <laughs> oh yeah, nine. Jesus, got yeah. nine. Yeah, I've got a past, a future. Uh, <laughs> you know, that meeting at Fox. I've got. I've got like a list of seventy-five <laughs> things that I. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do this anymore. Oh, can I ask you to tell that story? All right. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I. I, I I had a bunch of deals. We both had deals yep. and stuff. And, uh, after the second deal, when they basically kept assigning me guys writing that weren't as funny as I was, not to be arrogant, but I had the, there's a difference between an Ivy League writer who went to college and a guy who had to pay his bills and eat mm. every week. Yeah. You, as a comic on the road, you become good because you have to. Yeah. It is competitive, and you will get if you're not, they're not bringing you back. This is how it's going to go. So uh, I just I told my agent I said I don't I said I will not take another deal where I'm not the head writer, and uh, Bruce, who we both know very well, said, uh, "Well, Titus, I don't know if that's going to happen." I'm like, "Well, then I guess I then I guess I'll just wait till it, it does." So we I sold the show to Titus. The show so Titus. Now what I didn't realize is how if you're going to write the show and act in it and be the executive producer. It's it's a, it's a fucking full time. It's, it's three full time jobs at one time. Sure. So I would get there at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm giving you. I'm setting up the excuse for this story, by the way. So, you know, I'm setting up the reason. I'm setting up the reason. So you, you get you wake up. You get there at nine. Work with the cast till three. At uh, three, uh, take a break for lunch. Then I'd go up to the writers' room and I'd stay there till midnight. Then bam, I was back there at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. So. After a couple of years of that, I, I walked into a buddy of mine who makes T-shirts, and I was picking up some merch, and he goes, what happened to you? And I go, he goes, you look like a vampire, dude. Are you getting any sleep? Mm. I guess I was just beating the shit. I mean, you, it's, it, you know, as Eminem said, you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, now it's our third year, and we were killing it. We were, the show was killing it. We were doing stuff that no one had done. It was really, I mean, subject matter that, that you know, and we were getting it by it. To the one point, the network just went, all right, if you want to... We did an dude. We did an episode where my we had an intervention to get my dad to start drinking again. <laughs> we had to pitch that. We had to pitch it. So it was hard enough to just make all this funny and hard enough to sit down with the writers. And we had a great staff of writers and Jack Kenny and Brian Hargum. Great. Mm-hmm. And here's the mistake. They say uh, Gail Berman wants to have a meeting with us to talk about the next season. And you know I'm a comedian. I don't have a filter. Our, our, our entire job is to get rid of the filter. Right. Um, and you uh, haven't slept in three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm very tired. <laughs> and I know, and I know we have two stories that we have to break back in the office and I don't want to be, have spent two hours in this fucking meeting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was very like my, my dad, I'm blue collar. I was raised very blue collar. Get to work, get yeah. it done. Yeah. You know, get ahead of it. So you're not screaming at the end. It's already hard enough to act anyway. Now I got to be paranoid that this, this, this shitty writing. Yeah. So uh, and by again, these are all excuses because I should have just shut up. It's that simple. Just shut up. You're the comedian. Shut up. Yeah. Don't go to the meeting. I, my new thing now is I just don't, if they go, uh, the network wants to meet with us. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go. <laughs> but, uh, it's better for everybody. <laughs> come back and lie to me. Let's come back and lie and we'll be fine. So, uh, what happened was, was I went to the meeting. Uh, it was her first giant meeting. The show was killing we, it was, it was in t- Rupert Murdoch's thing, and there was like 25 people on this giant table, 
it's 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 every it's every nightmare out of uh, the Hudsucker Huck, 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 proxy. Yes, it's it's that scene. It's mm-hmm. that fucking scene. And this woman who I don't know uh, sits across and goes, "Here's how I want you to run your show this year. I'd like you to take the two main characters, split them up, and have a love triangle." Mm-hmm. Well, we did that in episode four, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, but Darman and Greg had done it the year before, and their ratings had gone from like a 14 to a 19. But this person isn't a writer. And I, she goes, so I want you to split them up, have a love triangle. We'll do that for an arc. And then I have some other ideas. And I, and I said, here's, here's where, the, where the train just fucking careens. I go, do you even watch the show? <laughs> so at that point, the room just, like, you literally hear an emergency. Like, yeah! The whole room goes quiet. And I go, because here's how it works. I go, you have t- the entire premise of the show is based on two characters who love each other. The most dysfunctional people together make one good couple that can survive anything. If I break them up, mm. then that ruins the entire premise of the show. It's over. I go, and I go, watch what happens with Darman and Greg. I go, they're going to have a horrible year next year. And Darman and Greg, because uh, they lied to the people. They told them that the, the yuppie and the hippie can be together and it'll be happy. And mm. then they broke them up. And right. then the people go, well, it's a fucking lie. I'm not watching this. Right. So now... Technically, on paper, sure, yes, <laughs> but shut up, just yeah. shut up. So, in the middle of this thing, I get, I kind of, it's not even a rant. I didn't swear. I was just like, here's why that won't work. And I go, how about you just let? I think he said something like, how about you just let us do what we're doing because it's mm. working, right? Dead silence, man. I was, I, I, I said this. I did a bit about it. I said this. I, I, I thought it was gonna be, you know, like William Wallace. Freedom! Yeah. Like the people are gonna stand up and go, he stood up to the network president. No one does that. Well, there's a reason no one does that. So, yeah. so what happens is, is uh, I get done. I, I go. So we're not gonna do it. And uh, and my and my my co my executive producer is sitting right next to me. I always wish just stick me in the neck with a pencil. Just in the middle of me fucking up. Just boop, and I'll be like, I, 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 I'd do a bit. I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to shut up now. I'd have done a bit. <laughs> Dude, it was the coldest moment in show business. And there's a lot of cold moments mm. in show business. I finish the talk, and, she, and and Gail Berman just sits back and she looks and she goes. This is what she says. Okay. Just do what you want. Ooh. That was it. And no one said it. It got that quiet. No one said another word. The next day, because we used to get these promo sheets, they would actually, or the next end of the next week, they would show how many promos we got on the network. Zero. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, we got to the point where at the bottom of the screen, after Bernie Mac, which stole our format, by the way, it just said at the bottom of the thing, it said, Titus, 930. <laughs> That's all it said. So uh, I will I will tell you this. Uh, circumstances aside, just shut up. Just yeah. shut. Just shut up and nod. Shut up and if you're sitting at the top of, at the top of the mountain, don't bitch that you're at the top of the mountain. Just yeah. go. Okay, we'll look at that. That's all right. That's all right. So anyway, my fault. Yeah, but you know what I what I really respect about that story is one, you tell it; two, you own it and you learn from it. Your self awareness from where you came. And where you are now is 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 admirable because that's the only way we're going to get better. Yeah, yeah. And at least I didn't Axel Rose it. You know, it wasn't yeah. like I was. They caught me with the heroin needle hanging out of my dressing room. Yeah. Like you got to get him on set. At least I was fighting for the show. And it, it, it's it's a it's a very uh, pyrrhic victory. But but you know I, I I don't know, man. I cared so much. It was my yeah. name, my family, my true stories. It, I cared so much, and I think. And, and I, but I also think that I, in whatever thing I do next, especially internet, I care so much. I, you, and that's why I kind of do it myself now because I, I don't 
Melissa McCarthy wrote something this last week. She said, no one will take a chance anymore. They want to see how many followers you have, yeah. how many you have, and they want to, they want to do analyze, which is, by the way, that's not new. That's not new. They've been doing that forever. Yeah, there's like every everything you go in a room now when you're selling something, you're pitching something. It's, I had one this morning. My job is to make you, is to convince you why saying yes won't risk your job. You know, right. so yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> what, how, what a weird business we're in. So that's why I do it myself. If you've got some project you want to do, you want to film your next special, mm-hmm. A, we can do it cheap. B, you can own it and then you can sell it on your own. Yeah. I admire the work you do. I admire you as an artist. And I, I admire you as a businessman and a car guy. You're wrong about the Maki. But all right, I, now we got to do two minutes on this, and I know you got to go. Go, fine. Good. I'll, I'll tell you what. Good. Tell me why. Here's the thing. Uh, you don't call it a Mustang. You had a Mustang. It's not a Mustang. You remember that Mustang, too? It had a four-cylinder and a Pinto front. I didn't hear you bitching then. Listen, I don't – look, it, I, had, I have some psychological break during that time. I don't want to talk about the Mustang, too. Okay. It was a Pinto with the bulbous – we're not talking about that. All right, what are we talking the, about, Camaro, then? The Camaro made some problems, too. There were some issues during time. Look, everybody has a bad relationship, and Ford and, and Chevy. Be both into a bad relationship with their mm-hmm. muscle cars. All right. Okay. All right. Dodge Dart. Okay. Tried. All right. Okay. Although the Dart GT, not terrible. But that was such a. That was such a. That was such a. Get some lipstick. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. Need the push-up bra. Can we get the push-up bra on the start? All right. Start? All right. All right. I'll give you that. All right. All right. All right. I'll give you Here's that. So thing. go ahead. You cannot take a legendary moniker because it didn't do one thing. Taking the Mustang name and putting it on a crossover, crossover did not make the crossover cool. Mm-hmm. It made the Mustang less so. That's the problem. With, and to be used, to, to have the Mach-E name when you know damn well that Musk is already building cars that can do zero to 60 in under two seconds, 1.8 seconds, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just reserve that name for the first electric Mustang that dusts everybody? And it's not, it's, it's weird looking. It's just a little, crossovers are always a, buzz, a little bit awkward. On top of that, when you have an electric, you look, you're on a, it's, it's a skateboard, right? It's an mm-hmm. electric skateboard. Yeah. You can do any body you want. Yeah. Any body you want, as long as it fits human bodies inside of it. So why would you do that body and then have the balls to go, you know what? Uh, it's a Mustang. Let's call it a Mustang. Uh, and... You, you remember uh, you saw that movie uh, with uh, what's the, the, the the Shelby movie? The Shelby movie. Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. It feels like the same fucking guys that were in that movie that you hated are still working at Ford. I get that it's corporate, mm-hmm. but you don't take your icon. You don't take the one car you're building mm-hmm. and then bastardize it. All right, here's why you're wrong. Basically. <laughs> They're brilliant. First of all, they started a conversation like we're having and we're still fighting about it when it's out. They're stunning. They're also they're also playing to their new market. What do you think these kids want? They, they, that, that's that's what they want. They don't want us anymore. We're going to go buy a 68 390 Fastback and Make Believe with Steve McQueen, which, by the way, I thought I was till I got married. But <laughs> what Ford did, did. Oh, God. I thought. Yeah, here's what, I wasn't even fucking close, Chris. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but that car, the mock Mustang, the, first of all, the history of the variants of. of Mustangs are incredible. You can get it's roused. There's all kinds of the, the, the SV, all that shit. So this is just another variant in the newest art incarnation. I think it's brilliant. I think what they did with the uh, the GT Performance model is what I want to see them do on all of them, which is make the grill black because the monochrome front end always looks like a hostage to me. It looks like it, yeah, it's being gagged, and 
Uh, but and I really still, think they did a good job still, with the, the marketing-wise. You, you did a micro thing. You did a micro. You know, the car itself is great. I, I'll admit this. Yeah. That, that car, by the way, it's 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 fast. It's it's clean. It's, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's when it comes to um, the technology in the car, amazing. Yeah, visibility is great too. Yeah, but why bastardize? How much do you get paid from Ford, by the way? Just let me. Nothing. That believe I, <laughs> believe, oh, I, I, I would have let if, if, I, if I was on if Ford was paying me, this would have been the opening piece of the interview. What are you kidding me? <laughs> valid point. That's a valid point. Uh, so uh, I did macro. I go. Mm. You don't take your one brand, your one, your one halo vehicle. Yeah. And ruin its reputation. That's all. I'm I saying. don't. Th but I, here's the thing. We disagree. I don't think it ruined the reputation. I think it opened the door for a new generation of people to love it because that's what it. The, the, the Maki performance, the GT Maki performance, six hundred and something pound feet of torque. Wow. You step on that's that. A, that's like my S. Yeah, my yeah. S has that. And the freaking and and the the, uh, the 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 one of the settings is unbridled, unbridled, unlimited. It's a sixty forty power split between the wheels and stuff. There's, there's another setting on there called balls in the back seat. You just step on it <laughs> and your balls are in the back seat. Uh, I cannot thank you enough, my friend. It was so good to reconnect with you. Uh, you always make me laugh. Uh, people want to get a hold of you. Where do they go? Uh, you go to ChristopherTitus.com if you want to see my YouTube channel. During COVID, I put up all uh, eight of my specials, uh, and except for these last two. But I uh, go to uh, Christopher Titus TV. We do the Armageddon update. Uh, that's kind of starting to blow up now for whatever reason. Uh, so go there, enjoy. We give you the news in a way that make you not want to poke something in your eye through the back of your skull. Uh, that was our promo. Uh, but thanks, man. And, dude, I want you to come on our podcast. If yeah. You can. You're local, so love to come in studio. When this COVID thing dies out a little bit more, come inside and we'll talk. I love it, my friend. Best to you and your family, and stay safe, okay? All right. Much love, Adam. See you, brother. Be good. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I really enjoyed catching up with my pal. And do you see what I mean? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I, he even said it. Keep your mouth shut. I felt so bad. And I'm thinking, you know, sometimes you, you think it's you. Mm -hmm. But the next day. Yeah. The promotion wasn't on the sheet. I'm like, mm, it, that was him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the writing yeah, on the was, wall. There's no gray area. Like, do you think she took it the wrong way? Nope. That's the way she took it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the, you know, the thing is? I totally agree with his line of reasoning in that. Yeah. It's like, you know, who the hell are you? Like, don't tell me how to write much. The show's going great. Why don't you just let us do what we do? Yeah. And you guys go over there and do what you do. And just don't bother us. Like, I get that. 
But what I'm understanding is I don't know the world of TV all that well. And by all that well, I mean at all. Mm -hmm. But I'm gathering that it's just best to lie. Or is that, you know, or, that, or that's just true it, in life too. Just, him, just lie. It's, no, it's best to shut up. Yeah, best to shut up. Just and shut if you up. can't okay. shut up, lie. That's it. No, you can't lie, guys. You uh, just have to shut up. Yeah. He made her lose face. Yeah. He oh, made yeah. her lose face. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and she crushed him. Um, but the nice <laughs> thing, the thing about Ties was he's. Well, I'm going to give you another quote. This one's from Mark Twain. Mm -hmm. It is better to keep your mouth closed and let people think that you're a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I've heard that one. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Mark Twain. I, I always, I'm always partial to Don Colio. You never let anyone outside the family know what you're thinking again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? To, to Chris's credit, he he owns it. He tells the yeah. he, he owns it. You yeah. know, I would You're I would have a machine that would kick me in the ass every morning because I would get tired of, of punishing myself. Of, you you know, for do doing do it. that. You bring up the past. I'm like, where did that one come from? What? Like you bring up the past. Like you carry things. Oh yeah. Oh, it's I need a pickup truck with all the grudges I have. For God's <laughs> sake. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and here's the thing I'm working on. It's not letting go of the emotion. It's letting go of why I'm holding on to it. That's where I'm at now. You got to let it in to let to let it go. And I'm, I'm uh, for some reason, yeah, because whatever I'm trying to let go of, it's painful. And who the hell wants to feel pain? Yeah. We'll take it from Chris. What? He's doing a good job. He knows. Mm -hmm. He's willing to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And he's willing to learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like he was talking about relationships. Like when it, I guess, I guess that first marriage didn't work out all that well. For oh him. yeah. How <laughs> so, funny was that? What, what, <clears throat> I'm new. I'm new. I don't know what you're carrying, but I'm new. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The arguments that you had with the person that came before me, I haven't been read up on that. Okay. So yeah. like when I say something, apparently that triggers you into like some defensive combat mode. I don't know what the hell's going on. Damn. I, I got to think we've all done that a little bit, especially if we're coming out of a really nasty breakup and a bad relationship. Right. We all done that. Well, yeah, you know me? what the you know what the trigger is when you when you're in a relationship and you say that's not what I meant, Linda. My name <laughs> is not Linda. Well, what I got from Adam early on mm -hmm. was he was talking to me like I was from New York. I'm like, okay, oh, I'm yeah. not from New York, Adam. Yeah, New York is harder, mm -hmm. more direct. I don't know what. Well, what's the matter, you? Yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. California's softer, you know. Are you pussies? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're just more mellow. I know. Yeah, it's it's the urgency of existence in New York and that and the dysfunction of what I grew up in. You know, <laughs> eight million people on a 26 mile island in New York. Forgive me if I don't wave good morning. Someone's going to take my cab. All right. <laughs> but you're right. I, I, grew I say hello to all the cab drivers. Oh, and she's find like, hello, how are you? What's going on? Really? <laughs> yeah. She talks to everybody, my wife. And, I, and I'm always like this. What the hell are you doing? Don't you stop, <laughs> stop talking to these people? If you, if you keep talking to people, you're going to end up at a coffee shop watching a dentist do stand-up. <laughs> I know when to shut up, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> you learned a lot from me. I, yeah, I learned a lot from you. I like when you take the fall. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> Instead of me taking the fall. Yeah. I got to take the hit a lot. <laughs> Wait a minute. Adam, how do you take the fall for this first off? 
Well, it's it's not really taking the falls. Like I know when my wife has had enough. Like we got to go out and do stuff. Like you got to go to some some function, some party, some gathering. If my wife has had enough, she like touches her nose. <laughs> That's our code. Like the sting, yeah, sure. Like the sting, yeah. I, I think of it as bewitched. Yeah. yeah. So, so she's like, she'll whisper to me like, oh, "We've had enough. We have to go." I said, "Okay, baby, I'll fake a seizure." No, no. <laughs> Just make our apologies. Don't be stupid. <laughs> I got to get up early. Yeah, I got to get up early. This has been so nice, but we really, oh, you got to go so soon? And that's when I got to say, yeah, it's me. Alex can stay if she wants. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah, oh, I got to go. You want to stay, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I right. would have given you the coyote look. Coyote look. That's what I would have got. <laughs> and you know what else I loved about Chris? He does his own thing. He owns his product yes. now. He's just, yeah. he bet on himself, which is one thing we love here at the Adam Ferrara Podcast, bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did, and he's really, really do, doing well. So I, I admire that. Yeah, well, it's, I know, like you said, we, we talked about this, and we've had so many guests on that have, like, had frustrations with the creative process or whatever, mm-hmm. and said, you know what, this is just going to be easier if I take all of this under my own shingle and do it myself, and I control everything. And I, and I would add further then you don't have to run the risk of pissing off some high-powered yeah. TV exec by making them lose face and then losing your show. You control everything, which is, I love the fact that he's like, you know what? And we're going to finish the storyline. We're going to bring a conclusion oh, yeah. to the show. Yeah. Like, I love that. Do you know I, Do you know how pissed off I am when I get emotionally invested in a show and it gets canceled and you're like, what happened to all the people that I spent all yeah. that time getting to know? Whatever happened with all that? The fact yeah. that he felt that way to pay that off for the audience and I, and probably for himself as well. Yeah. But I just, I think that's awesome. And that's what you can do when you control stuff and when you have ownership of your own projects. Yeah, closure. Yeah, yeah it was really, it was, it was, it was good. To, and he thought to do that. It, it's his whole production company. It, it's, it's really, really well done. His childhood, guys? Mm. Wow. I mean, what he came up with, it's like a miracle to me now that he's able to do pretty much anything at all. Now, he's been a brilliant artist and he's able to channel that. But, man, in a contrast to your parents, Adam, I mean, Joe, your dad is like John Wayne and like his dad is like John Wayne Gacy. I mean, you couldn't get (laughs) further apart. I mean, it's just awful, the stuff that he had to put up with. That's, I mean, more power to him for being as as great as he is. Yeah, his mother couldn't be a parent and an alcoholic, so she got rid of the kid. (laughs) Yeah, well, let me focus on the booze. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and he's he's done the work on himself. That's impressive. Yeah, you could tell that he went through a healthy process because, I mean— just to roll off his tongue. Yeah, the time when I was kidnapped. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. what? Yeah, you can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard situations are very telling about a person's character, mm-hmm. you know, how they come through it. Yeah, you, even when you make a mistake, I, I, I always say, look, I might not like what I have done, but I like what I'm doing about it. Because yeah. that just keeps me moving forward. Yeah. You know, and that's what you got to do. Just keep going. Keep moving forward. And then you'll hit a pocket. You know, it's like it's like gambling. You know, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. And then a roll's going to come your way. And that's when you got to press your bets and not be afraid and cash in and then get out in time. That's, that's the key to everything. And one of the things that... Uh, I mentioned is I, I th- I'm hitting a pocket because things are starting to show up that I need. You know, we talk, I think we talked about, did we talk about synchronicity on the show, Stern? We did. Yeah. Yes. And it was not the police album. No. I, and I think <laughs> the phrase you said was like the world starts showing up for you 
when you do things on your own. Yeah. And I love that mindset. It's being in sync with the universe, mm. you know? I didn't know that some dentist that wanted to do stand-up needed me to show up at his brother's car dealer. That was his synchronicity. That just sucked me in. <laughs> <laughs> right, like a black hole. Yeah. yeah. What you earned bonus points for, Adam. Yeah, all right. Frequent karma miles. Yes. That's what I'm going to need. Yes. Yeah, where do you cash those in? Uh, yeah, where, yeah, where can I cash those? Can, can I, can I <laughs> just get a cash it. payout? Can no. I do that? <laughs> no. Is there a rewards program? There's something. Can somehow redeem these, please? Yeah. Yeah. I'm safe. You but, know what I got to do? I got to save up and buy my own cars to shoot with. That's the, I got That's honey. I got to take things on my own <laughs> and every car I want to shoot with, we're going to have to buy. <laughs> that seems like it works. Yeah. And we'll buy a Maki because I do think it's a Mustang. He's wrong. All right. <laughs> How funny are you, Adam? <laughs> we started having that conversation in the green room, uh, uh, like a couple of days before. Uh -huh. And because I, I really do believe Ford did a very smart thing by naming it a Mustang because it started the conversation. Mm -hmm. And like I said, all the variants and stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, Mustang had, what did I say in the interview? The Mustang too is terrible. Yeah. I liked how you brought, brought up the Mustang poo. Yeah, Mustang. Yeah. It should be called the Mustang number two. That's what a piece of shit that car was. <laughs> oh, but it was great. You guys geeked out so hard on that. Mm -hmm. It was, and it felt to me like that is an argument that's been going on for a long time. And you guys just pick it up right where it left off. Yeah, well, we started a couple of days ago at a comedy club, and now I'm like, oh, we're finishing this on my podcast. <laughs> You could tell that you really like and respect each other. Mm. You let him talk, and you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then he finished, and you're like, and here's where you're wrong. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Well, you know, that's, it, it's, very, it's very nice for the California lady to notice how the East Coast guy conducts business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. Coast out, baby. There you go. I want to thank my pal Chris Titus for being my guest this week. Honey, if they want to get all of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, the show is growing. Yes, it is. Thank you guys so much. Tell somebody you love about the show. I'll tell you what. Tell two people you love about the show. All right? Share it with everybody. We have T-shirts for you. We have my special for you. There's links in the show notes. And if you could leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And always remember, we're in this together, brothers and sisters. Share the road. Life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. Pod is ended. Go in peace. If I would have just kept my mouth shut, I would have just taken a picture, shook the guy's hand, and I would have been out of there if I would have kept my mouth shut. But no. Listen, if there's anything I could ever do. <laughs> you and Vito, right? Me and my gindalunness <laughs> got me in trouble. <laughs> Don't rat on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now. All you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I dot com.